colorful coats, crazy cougars. Wait, you want me to say crazy cougars? Yes, I do. And a whole lot of suffering today on The Parent Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition, liftoff. Hello and welcome to The Parent Podcast. We thank you for joining us. We're a ministry of Genoa Church located in Westerville, Ohio. And uh, this podcast is actually uh, a resource of Genoa Kids, where our mission is to partner with parents to reach kids for Christ. And we believe here that your kids will grow if you live out what you know. Your kids will grow if you live out what you know. If you learn the Bible and you are growing in your relationship with Christ, then naturally your kids will see that in your lives and, and hopefully turn to Jesus themselves. So that's our prayer. That's our um, the whole point of this podcast. And my name is Matt Clark. I'm the kids pastor here, and I'm joined in the studio with Ben Hoyer. Hey, what's up, guys? How are you? I'm good. Yes. I can tell. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, For the record, I loved your accent in that opening segment. Thank you. Yeah. And I look forward to hearing about all of those things you meant. You you teased us with in the beginning there, the preview there. So (laughs) yeah, it's great. So um, uh, before we get started, I want to tell you a quick story, if you're okay with this. Do it. All right. So the other day, well, it's not the other day. This was literally years ago. It was when my daughter, Maura, was close to, let me see, I think she was like two or three. She was real young. Mm -hmm. And we're in the kitchen one day, and she comes walking up to me with a not just a salt shaker, but I'm talking like uh, the thing that you fill salt shakers up with. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that has the metal lid that you lift up and pour it in there. Okay. And I look down, and before I could stop her, she takes the the big container of salt and just dumps it in her mouth. And it, and it literally looked like she had a mouthful of snow. It was it was just all this salt. And then she looks at me, and she goes, <laughs> and then she goes over, and she, st- she starts to throw up. She's like, and she's throwing up all this salt. And so I put her over the the sink and wash her mouth out. And I looked down at her. My wife was standing right beside me. And both of us almost at the same time looked at her and said, why would you do that? What are you thinking? Like, and and now mind you, she's two or three years old. She's young and she doesn't know what what a great amount of salt can do when you consume it in a, in a mass quantity like that. So regardless to say in hindsight, it's hilarious. I, I, I can't get that image out of my mind. But we kept asking her, like, why? Why would you do that? Why? And so today, we're going to be focusing on the word why. That's, why? Our, that's our word for the day. Last week, our word was, do you remember what our word was last week? Uh, last Change. Change. Last Very week was change. Good. Yeah. You love it when I put you on the spot. Oh, like I love that. that. <laughs> so today, our word is why. And we're going to be talking about this word because this is a word that everybody asks at least one point in your life, whether it's to, to a family member when they do something crazy. If you are a parent and you're listening to this, you've asked your kids why when they do stupid stuff. Yeah, all the time, probably today, right? I mean, <laughs> well, And our kids ask why all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Why? 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 I'm like, oh, give me a break. Just get away. So, so yeah, so this is, it's, it's a crazy question. Now, this question, we also ask God this question. God, why am I going through this? Why are you allowing me to go through this really difficult time? And not only that, but you've got non-Christians. This is probably the biggest question they have is, is why? You know, and especially mm-hmm. t- today, our title for our podcast is called How We or How Should We View Suffering? How Should We View Suffering? And this really is a question that a lot of non-Christians have for God, is they say, God, if there is a God, why would he allow suffering to happen? And that is a tough question to answer. It is. It's almost used like a club against us, too. Right. That, right. Like any, I feel like any time I watch 
any kind of debate between a Christian and a non-Christian, that is is one of the go-to arguments for them mm-hmm. because it, it's not it's not that they it's not that it's like a, a question that they want an answer to because I feel like the Christian response is pretty good. And I'll give you the pretty much the summation of our whole podcast is is God allows us to go through suffering to achieve a greater good. He allows us to go through stuff because He's able to see stuff that we don't see. And he has a plan, right? Mm-hmm. Which actually leads to what our essential doctrine is today. And this is that God is omniscient. God is omniscient. Have you ever heard this word before, Ben? Omniscient. I, I have, only at church, but... Uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, you don't hear it just walking down the street. No, right? nobody yeah. says that. But God is omniscient. And this pretty much means that God is all-knowing. He, he knows everything. He's able to see things in uh, the past, the present, and the future simultaneously. So because of that, he has a plan. And I think for us, for Christians, an accurate view of Scripture is that we realize that, uh, that, that God will put blessings on us, but there's also suffering that's going to happen for part of God's plan. There's blessings and sufferings. Uh, one thing that annoys me, and this really annoys me, is when I click on the television and I see some of these TV pastors, and not all of them, there's some good ones, but, but mm-hmm. when, when they only promote the blessings of God, if you turn to, turn to Jesus and you'll You'll have a new car. You'll have a bigger house. You'll find joy and peace beyond your wildest imagination. Well, that, that's not completely untrue. You know, God does bless. But they're leaving out a key part, which is the suffering. I, I always tell kids in kids' church that when you become a Christian, it's not going to be roses every day. In fact, you should expect bad times. Right. Which is kind of a depressing message sometimes. <laughs> it but, is. But it's in the Bible. Right. It's, it's character building. And mm-hmm. we're going to talk about this because... We believe here that God allows suffering for the greater good, that there is a reason. So what we're going to do real quick is we're going to introduce you to a story of a guy named Joseph. Now, Ben is going to read this portion of scripture from Genesis 37. But before he does, I want to kind of set this up a little bit, is we have been talking the last couple of weeks about a guy named Abraham. Now, Abraham, you know, God promised Abraham that he was going to bless him. He was going to give him descendants that outnumbered the stars in the sky. He was going to bless him with land. And not only that, but his family would bless the world. So we know that later on, one of his great, 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 great grandchildren, which I need to find out exactly how many greats, but it's Jesus. So that's how Jesus, or that's how his family blesses the world is through Jesus. Now, um, so Abraham had a son. His son's name was Isaac. Isaac had a son. His name was Jacob. And we learned about Jacob in our last story and how he wrestled with God and God changed Jacob's name to Israel. And now Israel has some kids and one of his children's name is Joseph. And that's who we're going to be talking about today. Now, before you read this story, Ben, let me, let me give you just a little bit of a, um, just a little bit of a background of Joseph is that he was the youngest and not only was he the youngest, but he was his dad's favorite kid. Mm-hmm. And not only was his dad's favorite kid, but this caused his other brothers to really hate him. They were jealous of him. Joseph had this gift from God to interpret dreams, and he would interpret his dreams. And I love, we were talking about this before the podcast, and in what he would do is he would interpret these dreams, and the dreams always were about him ruling over his brothers. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I love what you said. You were just like... Oh, yeah. So, uh, my, let's see. My brothers hate me. <laughs> what can I do? 
Oh, I know. I'll tell them about this dream I had last night where I rule over them. Yeah. Where, where I'm the big dog and you guys serve me. Like, yeah. I mean, this is what he does. He tells them these dreams. His dad gives them this coat of many colors. That's the mm-hmm. rainbow coat that you mentioned in your opening segment there. And so we're going to pick off there. So, so we're going to pick up there. So we've got Joseph, who is his dad's favorite. His dad gave him a gift of the coat of many colors. He tells his brothers how he's going to rule over them. And then this is what happens. So we're going to read from Genesis 37, verses 23 to 28. So go ahead and read it for us. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore. And they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat. And looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing gum, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What prophet is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. Then Midianite traders passed by, <clears throat> and they drew Joseph up, Joseph up and lifted him out of the out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. They took Joseph to Egypt. Do you have any brothers, Ben? I have four younger brothers. Four younger brothers. I do. Could you imagine your brothers selling you into slavery? No, because I'm the oldest. <laughs> You're like, I would be doing the selling. <laughs> no, I pretty terrible thing to imagine. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't. I mean, you, you know, when you're betrayed by somebody, mm-hmm. it's, a ter- it's a bad thing. When you're betrayed by a family member, right? which seems to be a theme in this family. <laughs> we sure. talked, we've, we've talked a lot about these guys in the last couple of weeks. Well, when you're a parent, you know, you put yourself in the shoes of your, in your kid's shoes sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I could definitely see from the perspective of being the youngest how, how it would be terrible. Right, right. And, and let's be honest. Molly, your youngest, is your favorite. Uh, so far. Yeah, let's not let's not let that cat out of the bag. Hopefully your kids don't <laughs> listen to this, but but it's it's that he's the youngest kid, his dad loves him. So obviously there's some jealousy there, but they sold him into slavery. Right. That is nuts. So here here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at this story of Joseph. We're going to just kind of focus on this guy and and I think we can get a very accurate view of how we should view suffering based on his response and based on what happened. So what we've done is we've come up with three points that we're going to talk about on how we should view suffering. So let's go ahead and hit that first point. So the first point is don't make your circumstances bigger than God. Don't make your circumstances bigger than God. Now, this is very easy to do. Very easy to do. If you're, uh, if you're going through a tough time, you know the old saying, when it rains, it pours. And when you're going through a really tough time like that and they just keep piling on and on, it is easy to think that your circumstances are bigger than God. Now, there's a great story in Matthew 14 where Jesus is walking on the water. I always tell the kids, if I could go back in time and see any of these stories, one would be Jesus ascending to heaven because I think it'd be sweet to see Jesus fly up into heaven. But it'd also be really cool to see Jesus walking on the water. So you've got the disciples are in the boat. Jesus comes walking towards them and they think it's a ghost. And then Peter looks at him and he says, who is that? He says, it's me, Jesus. And Peter says, well, if it is you, let me walk on the water as well. And he says, come on out, Peter. So Peter gets out on the boat and it's this amazing thing because he's walking on the water towards Jesus. And then all of a sudden, uh, Peter turns and looks down at the waves around him, the waves that are crashing upon him. And do you know what happens at that point? He starts to sink. He starts to sink, all right? And, and, and the, whole, the, the whole point of that is to say he took his eyes off of Jesus right. and he focused on the circumstances around him. Now, in that situation, 
Peter was more focused on the circumstance than he was on God or Jesus himself, right? Mm -hmm. So Joseph easily could have seen these circumstances as too big to overcome. And there were a lot of circumstances he had to go through. We're not going to read all of them today, but, you know, what were they? They were like, uh, what was the first one? Uh, Oh, his brothers brothers hated him. They they were jealous of him. Right. He was sold into slavery. Right. That was another. He was sold into slavery. Yeah, that was a bad thing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He had the whole thing with Potiphar's wife. Right, which, which, if we're going to go back to your opening segment, this would be the uh, crazy cougar that we were talking about. Right, right. right. Is uh, refresh, refresh, because we're not going to read that part of the story. So, what happened in that? Let's see. So he was uh, he was taking care of this guy's house, right, Potiphar, Potiphar's house. Yes, and uh, so his wife had this apparently had sort of a huge crush on him. Yeah, she was a terrible person, <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible person. But Joseph was a man of good character, and he. Was not he had no interest in that, right? Right. I, I love what he did. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. Go no, ahead. it's what? fine. And so when it uh, when it got too crazy, when she uh, came on too strong, he just ran. <laughs> he ran. And not only did he ran, but he left something behind. <laughs> yes, his garments. His garments were abandoned. <laughs> yes. I, to me, that is hilarious. I I've told this story before, and I, I like uh, when I was talking to teenagers, and I was like, guys, this is a good a good thing for you. If any girl tries to seduce you or tries to get you to do something immoral, just run away. Even if you leave your shoes behind, even if you leave everything behind. Whenever, whenever, you see whenever, how committed he is to that when he ran away. Yeah, and it's horrible. But whenever I, see, whenever I picture this, I picture Moe's from The Office. Oh, yeah. Just run. <laughs> I love the, that's Dwight Schrute's crazy cousin, right? Yes. Yeah, that guy's, yeah. That, that's, a, I th- that's a really good You can good just comparison. cut that part out, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I think everybody knows about The Office. Yeah. Look, look up Dwight's cousin, uh, uh, Moe's on YouTube. Watch it. You'll know exactly what we're talking about. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, and he was unjustly jailed right. as a result of that because she lied about she it. Lied. She said that he seduced her and then threw him into prison. Right. So it was a terrible thing. Yeah. Terrible thing. So, so anyways, that's the first point is don't make your circumstances bigger than God. And I think we all agree that Joseph easily could have made his circum Like he could have looked at what was going on and be like, this is bad. God, what are you doing? You know, but, but we don't get that impression from scripture. When he goes to jail, it says that he was praying. He was, uh, the, the the other inmates came up to him and stuff. So, I mean, by all accounts, it looks like he was, was sticking close to God. So that's a pretty sweet thing. So right. let's move on to the next point. Uh, so next point is, uh, so God is more concerned with your character than with your comfort. Your character than your comfort. Now, I love a quote by C.S. Lewis. He says, if you want a religion that makes you feel really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity. <laughs> And that is a very true thing. Remember, we're talking the full scope of God's plans is you will see blessings, but you will also see suffering. It's inevitable. If you live longer than 20 minutes, chances are you're going to face some sort of suffering. And so when I I see that quote, uh, I I thought that was just right on. And and I love C.S. Lewis, so I'm glad glad we got to use a quote by him. But, um, you know, I was trying to think of some other things that maybe some other times in life where the comfort isn't there, but the end result is worth kind of the pain and stuff that you go through. And last week, me and you told the audience how we were going to attempt to go to the gym. Oh, yeah. And, you know, working out is a very, uh, it's it, it can be very strenuous. It can be very, it, it can hurt a lot, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you're pumping iron and stuff, but the result is good, hopefully, is that you lose weight, you gain some muscle, all that stuff. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I love the situation that you're in because, or you and your wife, is your wife is carrying your fifth child right now. She will, when she delivers, she will have been pregnant for nine months, a lot, you know, morning sickness, uh, the contractions from labor, uh, giving birth. And there is a lot of pain that goes into that. Yet the reward is great. It is. It's a child. 
Right. So, I mean, that, that's worth it, you know? Someone else to take care of me when I'm old. <laughs> yeah, you're looking pretty good. Like, between your five kids, I imagine they'll take good care of you. So I hope so. Yeah. Now, now there's um, – I want you to – I'm going to have you read another scripture for me in a minute, just, uh, just a second, Ben, from Matthew 10. But there, there's – there is a time in Matthew when Jesus is commissioning his disciples to kind of go out and spread this word a little bit. And I want read this real quick, and I want to chat about this for a minute. All right. Behold, I am sending you out, in, out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. Perfect. Now, this is Matthew 10, 16 to 18. And I, I love this passage because if you're thinking about a pep talk that Jesus is giving his disciples, you know, mm-hmm. it, when you think about a football game at like at halftime, the team is down, right? And you're just like, no, we're going to get out there and we're going to crush them. We're going to own them. We're going to we're going to win and, and all this stuff. And Jesus, his approach is slightly different. He says, mm-hmm. hey, here's what's going to happen. You're going to go out. Uh, you met, you're probably going to be successful. Tell people about me. Tell them about God. But here's the thing. They're going to deliver you to the courts. They're going to flog you. They're gonna, you're going to be dragged before the governors and the kings, and they're going to testify against you. Now, that's not much of a pep talk. I mean, it's, that right there is an honest talk. Mm-hmm. The blessings is that they get to share about Jesus and God. Mm-hmm. But the, the suffering is that maybe, maybe you're going to spend night in a jail. Like when you think of Paul, he spent many nights in jail. He got stoned. He got beat and stuff. But the blessing of being a child of God was worth it. Right. So it's that double side there. So so point number one, just in review, is don't make your circumstances bigger than God. Point two is God is concerned more with your character than your comfort. And what's our last point? Last point is remember who is in control. I was watching a movie once. I think it was uh, The Search for Bobby Fischer. Mm-hmm. And, and he's this, this young chess master. And what, what's cool about when you look at chess players, a, a really good chess master, I looked this up, is if you're considered like a professional, they say that you can anticipate 10 to 15 moves ahead, mm-hmm. which is amazing. I can't, like I play a little bit of chess. No, I'm not great by any means. But if I'm thinking two moves ahead, I'm pretty pumped with myself. I'm like, all right, that's pretty good. But these guys are thinking 10 to 15, which means not only are they thinking of their move, but they're thinking of what their opponent's move is going to be. And it's, it's just a lot of strategy. Well, when, just like the point that you made is that remember who's in control. God is in control. He is this chess master that oversees us. And it's very comforting to know that he sees more than 15 moves ahead. He sees every move ahead. All of them. Yep. All of the moves. He knows exactly what we're going to do. He knows exactly what uh, Potiphar and his wife and all those people were going to do. And so if we can remember that God is in control, I think that brings a little bit of comfort, knowing that nothing is nothing that's happening is outside of God's plan. Like, this is the plan, you know? And so suffering suffering is great at doing two things and it's and it's kind of the flip side of the coin number one suffering can either uh, or it's great at two things and number one is it can make itself look unbeatable mm-hmm. right where, where you 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 think the circumstance is too big to overcome or it can do the complete opposite thing and throw you into the arms of a loving father so i mean it really depends how you view suffering right. if you view suffering as as unbeatable and that you can't overcome it then i mean yeah, I mean, your relationship with God isn't going to grow because you're focusing on the circumstance more than God. Mm-hmm. However, if you allow suffering to throw you into the arms of God, your relationship will grow, and suffering will actually grow you through it. God never promises to deliver us from suffering uh, while we're here on earth, but he promises to be with us through it. Right, and that our suffering is temporary. Right, 
Right, exactly right. Now, uh, Genesis 50, 20. Now, if we were to fast forward a little bit with Joseph, um, there's a famine that happens in the land. And while Joseph is sold into slavery and he goes to Egypt and and he actually, uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more next week, but he kind of climbs the ranks. He's thrown in prison, but he makes an impression on the guards. The guard refers him to Potiphar. And eventually he becomes the number two in the land. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty sweet story. But what's cool about it is there's this famine and Joseph's brothers, the same ones who sold him into slavery, come to Egypt begging for food. So they come before Joseph and they're begging Joseph and they don't even realize that it's their younger brother that they sold into slavery. And so they're begging him, they're begging him for food. And he realized that these are his brothers. And eventually he admits to them, hey, uh, it's me, Joseph, your younger brother. And they were, they were just torn apart. You know, their dad was so sad. They, they had faked his death to make their own father, Jacob, who is now Israel, made him think that his youngest son was dead. And, and I love what Joseph's response was. This is Genesis 50, 20. He says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. When we're talking about remember who's in control, remember that if Joseph's brothers hadn't have sold Joseph into slavery, then Joseph would not have been able to deliver them from the famine. Right. He got thrown into slavery and he was able to save his family because of that. So whatever God, whatever man uses for evil, God can use anything for good. Remember who's in control. So one more time, and then we'll kind of wrap this up is number one, don't, don't make your circumstances bigger than God. Number two, God is concerned more with your character than your comfort. And number three, remember who is in control. And one thing I, I want to end with this, and then we'll, we'll kind of call it quits. But when you, when you think about suffering and you think about what it is, like it, it's a tough time, but, but there's also a couple things that suffering is not. And that's what we're going to talk about for just a second. Here it is. The first thing, suffering is not bigger than God. Nothing is bigger than God. If you, if you realize that, then, then that will help you get through those times. Uh, number two, suffering, suffering is not meaningless. There, there is a tendency for us to believe that we're, what we're going through is just pointless and that there's no point. But if you see it as meaningless, then, then it will be meaningless. If you see it as something to develop your character, then you will grow through the suffering. Uh, the number three, suffering is not permanent. And you mentioned this earlier. That's a great point. I, I love that while we're here on earth, you know, that there are going to be suffering. But guess what? Eventually, someday it will end, even if that means going to heaven is the way it ends. Uh, you know, we, we both had family members who passed away. And, and I've known people who've passed away of cancer who had just a really terrible last couple of days of their life from the pain and stuff like that. And then that that passing when they go into heaven is is their way of being uh, delivered from that suffering. So it wasn't permanent. They're in heaven now with God. So that's kind of a cool thing. And then And then here's the last one. Suffering is not supposed to be handled alone. It's not supposed to be handled alone. If you're not part of a group of people, we call them life groups at our church here. But if you're not part of a group, then we, we ask you, join a group. You know, be a part of a group of people who can lift you up during the suffering. Ben, I like to think that if I'm having a tough day, I can call you and you'd lift me up. Absolutely, man. Is that a good assumption? Sure. <laughs> I, I believe you, I think. <laughs> I'm looking up uh, Scott Leewald's cell phone number for the... Uh, Scott Leewald is our life group pastor here. So, you know, uh, look up his cell phone number. We'll give his uh, home address as well. We're just going to give all his information out. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. But but seriously, if you guys, if you if you attend Genoa and you're not part of a life group, then uh, yeah, look up, uh, go to the website and sign or genoachurch.org and sign up for a life group. Don't do life alone. Okay. So with that being said, I, I think that uh, hopefully you can, you realize after our talk today that 
that we should view suffering a certain way, and that is, is, is that God uses suffering as a purpose, that there's a reason for it. So with that being said, have, have we forgotten anything, or I think we're good, right? No, we're good. Well said. Oh, okay. Hey, you too. You did a great job today. Thank you. <laughs> I'd love, especially, especially with your old country accent in that opening segment. That was awesome. That so, was for you, man. <laughs> so um, as always, if you have any questions or comments or anything you'd like us to maybe discuss on the podcast, uh, go ahead and feel free to email me at mclark, which is M-C-L-A-R-K, at genoachurch.org. Shoot me an email. I'd love to uh, chat with you and uh, with any concerns, comments, anything like that. And other than that, we will see you next week. So thank you so much, and we appreciate it. And uh, thanks for listening to The Parent Podcast. Thank you.